people of God, uh, today's sermon is based on the saying of Jesus, um, which he says both in the temple at the festival in John chapter 8, and also as he uh, goes about the healing of the blind man in John chapter 9. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you enlighten our darkness. You bring life into our death, you bring sight and clarity into our confusion and darkness. Please bring your light into our lives and help us to shine your light to those around us. In your name we pray. Amen. This is part two of a sermon series uh, called Who Is This Man? Exploring the I Am Sayings of Our Lord Jesus. And today, Uh, As I've said several times, we are going to focus on Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. Now, I could go into a big philosophical and theological spiel about how light and darkness is one of the themes that runs through the Gospel of John and through the whole Bible, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to ask you to engage your imagination And I'm going to lead us through an imaginative uh, entry into the story of the blind man and Jesus as the light of the world. As we begin this meditation, I invite you to close your eyes and make sure that your body is comfortably resting in your chair. I invite you to bring awareness to your breathing, to notice how long each breath takes. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Allow each breath to be a little deeper and a little slower. If distractions or sounds or other thoughts come to mind, as they surely will, let yourself simply notice them and then gently bring your attention back to your breathing. I want you to imagine yourself as the blind man sitting by the roadside. Your senses are acute. Your hearing can hear the noises of the street and the conversations of the people near you. You can smell fresh baked bread and dusty streets, donkey droppings and sweaty people. A sense of touch, the wall against your back, the rough street underneath you. The warmth of the sun on your face and the feel of the wind on your skin ruffling your hair. A group begins to go past and then people begin to talk about you. This often happens. You are often not seen as a person but as a problem to which people respond in one way or another. Sometimes they give you money Sometimes they push past and ignore you. You hear someone say, Rabbi, here is a man born blind. 
Who sinned? Was it this man or his parents who sinned? Clearly, his blindness is some sort of punishment. But is it punishment on the things his parents did or himself? How could he have sinned before he was born to be born blind? One voice cuts clearly through the babble and argument. Do you think it's God's work to send this kind of disaster on people as punishment? No. Neither this man nor his parents sinned to cause his blindness. The group goes quiet. You sense that the man who spoke is crouching down in front of you. No, this is not punishment, but a chance for God to show his glory, he says. That is the work of him who sent me, to show the glory of God. While it's still light, we must do his work. When it's completely dark, no one can work. Like this man who has been left in the dark all his life. But while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. The man is very close to you now. You can feel his breath as he speaks. You have heard people talk about this thing called light before, but you do not understand it. Is it like the sun's heat? Is that what it is? Is this man saying he is like the sun that warms things up? You hear a man spit. Often people spit at you. You flinch. But then something strange happens. You are not hit by flying spittle showing someone's disgust. Rather, you have your head cradled in someone's hands. Loving. Firm. Then his thumbs wipe something across your eyes. Mud. He's made mud. Like a child. Like what you heard about God creating the first people from clay. You hear his voice very clearly now, right in front of you, his hands still cradling your face, touching you, making human contact with you, speaking to you, not about you. Go, he says to you quietly, wash off this mud in the pool of the sent one. There is something about his speaking which cannot be denied, which brings hope and something into your mind. Then he gets up and walks away with his group. What has just happened? You know this is important. You get up with your cane, call out for someone to help you, to take you to the pool of Siloam. A boy takes your hand and guides you through the crowd. As you walk, you can feel the mud drying and cracking on your eyelids. Your eyes are burning slightly. It will be good to wash off the mud. You go down into the water. Wash your eyes. It feels good. Wash again. Clean. Your eyelids flutter open. And for the first time ever, you see a whole new sense, a whole new world, shapes, colors, the vibrancy of the sky, the whiteness of the stones, the blue-green of the water, the shape of your hands, 
the faces of people. You look up and around, a whole world is opening up. Is that the sun? It is the source of heat and warmth on your faith, face, but now also a burning disk of brightness, of light. You can see. You rejoice and begin to think back over that conversation with the man who you now realize healed you. I am the light of the world, he said. This is what he must have meant. You can see darkness to light. He opened up a new world for you, a new life, a whole new way of encountering the world. Now I invite you slowly to begin to notice again your breathing. Begin to notice again your body as it rests in the chair. Slowly bring your attention to the noises around you and your surroundings. Still breathing in and out deeply. When you are ready, slowly open your eyes and bring your awareness back to the room around you. What does the light of the world mean now after that meditation? What words come to mind for you between before seeing the light and after? Freedom? Gratitude, maybe? What else? Opportunity? Wow, whole new world of opportunity opening up. Yep. Or, yep, or. You see, the difference between light and darkness is the difference between blindness and sight. The difference between despair and hope. The difference between confusion and clarity the difference ultimately between death and life. Ultimately, all life on earth depends on the light and energy of the sun to exist ultimately. And so when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he is opening up for us all of those things that we've just talked about. It opens up for us a whole new life. In John 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Light also makes things visible, doesn't it? Things both good and bad. And so light brings a sense of judgment into the world. It reveals what is right and what is not right. And in John chapter 3, verse 19 to 21, as Jesus is talking to Nicodemus at night, he says these words. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. 
When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, that actually makes some people turn away from him because they don't want things to be brought into the light. They don't want things to be exposed. It brings judgment in a good sense, but some people still turn away from that. Light also makes work possible, doesn't it? Now, I don't want to imply that people who are blind cannot work. They can, which is wonderful. But back in Jesus' day, there would have been very little meaningful work that a blind person could do. It's very hard to do any any meaningful work in complete darkness. Or even for most of us these days, when the power goes out and you have an ordinary blackout and you can't get on your computer. Light makes work possible. In John chapter 9, verse 4 and 5... Jesus says that his father is always working and that he needs to continue his father's work. Jesus says, As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. And while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. We are people who have been brought from darkness to light. No less so than the blind man who was healed by Jesus. We are people who've been brought from the darkness of sin and death and not knowing God and not not having a relationship with God into the light of the life of Jesus. And as people brought from darkness into light, our deeds reflect the light of Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2 says this uh, very clearly. I'll just turn to that one. Yeah, I know. I don't need it to look at them up. Just First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 12. Peter writes, Live such good lives among the non-believers that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We are people who have received mercy and our deeds reflect the light of Christ. Some final thoughts about Jesus' statement, I am the light of the world, and what it might look like if our community was shaped by deep living in those words. I think that if we are shaped by Jesus' words, I am the light of the world, we will be a gracious community. We'll recognize that we have received the light, not because of something that we have done, but not by our own good works, but by the grace of God. We'll also recognize that God can bring anyone into the light of Christ. There's no one who is excluded from the healing and forgiving power of God's grace. I think we'll also be a repenting community. We'll be a community which seeks for Jesus' light to shine in our hearts and to show up the things that are wrong so that we can turn away from them and uh, turn to God. We know that God's light shows us that we are not perfect, that we are continually in need of God's forgiveness. And his light also brings us to repentance. 
I think that a community shaped by Jesus saying, I am the light of the world, will be a shining community. One that through love reflects the light of Christ in a dark world. We will remember that there are people, so many people all around us who are actually in darkness and that it is important for us as God's people to bring the light of Christ both in our actions and in our words so that people can have that amazing experience of being brought out of darkness into God's wonderful light. And so we will be a witnessing community. We'll be sharing the light with those who are in darkness. We'll be praying for them. We'll be working for their good. We'll be sharing the love of Jesus with them. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. May we, as people of God, walk in the light of Christ in our daily lives. In Jesus' name, amen.